All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start by praying. Does that sound good? I need it. You ever just get up there? I told Matt, I said, I don't know what words I'm saying today yet. I'm like, please pray over me because I have no idea. I have about six pages of things God spoke. Some of them I think are for me, just for me. God's dealing with me on, right? So let's pray. Lord, we just thank you. We thank you that you did die on the cross for us, that your body was broken so that ours could be whole and, and healthy, so that we could have an eternity with you. Lord, we thank you that, um, that you kept us from hell, that you made a way. So we just thank you right there, Jesus. And Lord, as we come today to, to you, Father God, in the name of your Son, Jesus, we just ask that you give us fresh revelation that will, that will build us, that will, will encourage us to not just live because your son died on the cross for, for ourselves, but be able to expand the kingdom for others, for, for not just our communities, but Lord, let it reach the ends of the earth um, that, no, that no one shall perish without hearing the word of the Lord. So we just thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. So um, Matt talked a little bit about Elijah, and guess what? I'm also going to talk about Elijah, but I'm more going to talk about the hundred that were hiding in the caves. So this is about no more cave dwelling, okay? So something's happening here. I'm having sensory issues, but it's all right. All right, so um, in Kings, 1 Kings 18, it, it talks about Elijah, and, that, and then there is Jezebel and Ahab and, and Obadiah. And so basically, Elijah was, everybody knew Elijah's name. Whether you were... For him or against him, you did not ignore him, okay? But then Obadiah, he was like, oh, no, like, I see what Jezebel and Ahab are doing. And it's, you know, Jezebel and Ahab were a person, but they're also a spirit. Did you guys know that? It's a spirit on the earth because Jesus, many years later, talks about the Jezebel spirit being present. So they were people and also a demonic presence. So everyone's scared because they're throwing around this fake power, counterfeited power, you know, threatening, she's killing prophets, and Elijah just keeps throwing in their face, like, well, it's not going to rain. Now you're not going to be able, now we're going to have famine, because you know what, I'm going to show you the God we serve. You, your, your gods cannot do this. And so Obadiah takes a hundred of the other prophets who should be doing what Elijah's doing, right? They're prophets of God, and he says, go sit in this cave. I'll bring you food, everything, you know. We're scared of Jezebel, so hide out. And so it goes on, and, and Elijah comes to Obadiah and says, Hey, go tell Ahab I'm coming. And Obadiah, you know what he says? You think he'd be like, all right. He said, oh, do you really want me to do that? So this is all Because if I, if I go to him and say that you're here, and then he doesn't find you, he's going to kill me. And you know what I've done? I took 100 prophets, and I hid them in caves, and I'm feeding them. I'm taking care of them. So, you know, like, do you really want to say, are you going to be sure that you're going to show up, Elijah? Elijah's like, can you just go? You're going to live, okay? Just, you know. So he's doing that. Elijah's like, he's, he's leading, but that means all eyes are on him. All guns are pointed at Elijah. He's like, no bring it. Like, tell them I'm going to be here. Tell them to meet me and tell them to bring his 450 little God prophet, you know, and, um, and we'll go and see, you know, I'll, I'll pick two, we'll have two cows and, and you know what, let him pick which one he wants and we'll cut it up. We'll do this and we'll, we'll do an offering and, and whoever, you know, whoever's God is real, you know, it will burn up in fire. So the 450 are wailing and crying and screaming all day and cutting themselves. Oh, please listen to me. And, you know, Elijah, he's leading. So he just comes right out and he's like, oh, maybe you need to be louder because I think your God is sleeping. <laughs> you know, he's mocking them in front, of the, in front of the people that have hunted down and killed the prophets of God. Okay? The other hundred that are still alive, the other hundred prophets of God are hiding out. So it's just Elijah in this, in this um, situation. So he's calling the shots, what we're going to do, what's happened. And we know that 
that the prophets of Baal, they did nothing. And when God came, he not only, you know, made fire, but he licked up all the water around it. There wasn't even nothing. It was dry as a bone. So, you know, what Elijah said, he said, this is the God. This is the only God. This is the God I serve. And so Elijah gets Jezebel real mad at him because she wants power. All that is is a spirit of manipulation, control, and power. We've all been probably influenced by sometimes. We've all had characteristics of that. I'm not a liar. You guys, I mean, that's true. But when we want the control, when we want the glory, when we want, when we want the honor, when that is a spiritual thing because all of that goes to God. And so she's like, I'm going to kill you, Elijah. He gets a little scared for a minute. I don't even know if he was scared or if he just, you're just tired. Like here you have a hundred people that should be helping you and they're hiding out and you're going time after time. Do you notice they never talk about Elijah's family, but it says that he comes from a line. Where's his family? You know what? If they killed prophets and his parents were prophets, what do you, where do you think his family was? Hiding or? Why do you think they don't talk about his children or his parents or his family? Because it was known in the land that if you come from that line, that they're going to kill you. So Elijah's here on his own. I don't think that he was scared. I think he just was burnt out. And then you look and you see when he went into the wilderness, God took care of him. God didn't rebuke him and say, you of little faith. He didn't do any of that, did he? No, God's like, have something to eat, rest a little bit, we'll get you in. And you know, then he's like, now it's time to go. And Elijah went, didn't he? We have to look at it like that. Elijah wasn't in rebellion. He did everything that God wanted to do. He's just tired. I think we've all been there sometimes. We're like, I'm just tired, God. I'm tired of fighting this alone or things like that. Maybe it's in your family or your household or being at work. You've got to go every day and everybody around you, it's like a circle of demons around you. And here you are in the light. Maybe your own family's like that. I don't know. If they are, you best be making some, uh, you best be standing up like Elijah. Um, so that's all in Kings, what, 1 Kings 18. So you should read it because it's really, but it's really long. So I wanted to just kind of give you guys that he is leading. Elijah's leading and he's taking a lot of fiery darts, isn't he? It's all coming at him. Nobody knows anyone else's names. The king's he's, he's like, we all know you, Elijah. <laughs> Like, and, and, you know, you're, you're leading whatever you do. And it said after that, that the people, you know, turned their hearts to God. The people were like, Elijah's God was true. You know what I mean? Look what he did. So, so Jezebel is angry because who is not getting the glory and honor in control? She isn't. So when Elijah alone, he prophesied that God would speak, God would move, God would do, God would send, you know, um, fire, God would do these things. He did. The 450 prophets of Baal said all this stuff and none of it happened. All they were was bleeding babies crawling around on the ground wailing. So then we have these 100 prophets. Hmm. I would like to think I would be Elijah, but I don't know. Sometimes I don't like hard things, so I think I might have been in the cave. So we have these 100 prophets and... They're being hidden in there, and they don't have to do anything. All they have to do is sit in the cave. Food's being brought to them, nourishment, everything. And they're hiding and being preserved and cared for. But they were all prophets of God. All of them. There's no difference between Elijah and them. There's no difference. God said, these are his prophets. But Elijah was a true leader. He followed God at all costs. He was alone at any moment. I mean, you have hundreds of thousands of people that are serving these false gods. I mean, just alone, 450 false prophets of Baal. Just that. And you're one. You're one. It didn't say the hundred prophets came out of the cave to support Elijah, did it? No, No, they stayed in there. So, but he said, I'm going to follow you, God, at all costs, because he's seen God move. We saw that. If you read earlier in Kings, you see that Elijah already knew that God was who he said he was and God would do what he said he would do. So Elijah Elijah had confidence and he said, whatever you ask God, I'm going to do. And 
So he was this leader. He was calling the shots. He was saying, this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to do it. He was moving in signs and wonders and, and healing and, and all of these things. And the demonic presence on the earth, which inhabited Jezebel and Ahab, did not like it, and they were after him. Just Elijah. They didn't really care about the others. They thought they got them all. So I'm going to talk to you about leadership. Every single person in here, you lead somewhere. It might be in your home. You might just lead your pets. I don't know. <laughs> Try to have some cats and see how well that works. I was eating pizza yesterday, and Layla's watching me, or no, it was Lana, and I'm eating, and my cat gets on the back of the couch. Next thing I look, my cat's eating the pizza with me. And I'm like, what are you doing? And he just looks right at me and takes a bite. I'm like, okay, you in rebellion, cat. But I mean, you're leading something. You're caring for something. You might be at work. You might be a manager. You might... You know, you might own a business. You, um, in your home, moms and dads, you might be leading, you know, smaller versions of you that are hard to face because they're versions of you. <laughs> you know, whatever it is we lead. You might be leading a church. You might be lead a ministry. Children's church. We have a lot of people that teach in children's church. Do you understand that you are accountable for what those kids hear? You're going to be standing before God, and they're going to be like, why did you just play with them and not teach them my word? You're leading somewhere. Some happen just naturally. You have a child. Sorry, you're a leader. It happened. Why well, didn't? It doesn't matter. You got a kid now. You're leading somebody. So it could be in all areas. So if you're like, well, I want to lead, you know, maybe you're young, and you're, you're moving out on your own, and you're like, oh, I'm... I'm the king of my castle now, and you're the king of your bills. Um, and you got a budget, and you got to learn how to do those things. You know what? My children here are getting a house soon, and I said, it is going to be hilarious when you see your first electric bill, because I know you. <laughs> I said, I'm going to come over there, and I'm going to turn on every light. I'm going to leave the... The freezer, I don't know what it is. My kids cannot shut a freezer, and I, my stuff gets defrosted like once a week at my house. They're just like, I didn't know how to do this. So I'm going to come over there. I'm going to turn the lights out. You know, you think you're the king. You're going to find out who's the king. The electric company's the king when they come asking for the money. I'm just joking. I'm only going to do it once, but I am turning every single light on, leaving doors open, air conditioners. I'm doing it. It's my, it's my tithe for you a joke. So leadership, that's what I want to talk about today. So if you're like, oh, this doesn't pertain to me, it pertains to you, okay? Maybe you, you're a leader over your property. You need to be a good steward. So if you're a farmer, you better be a good leader, right? Because if you're like, I'm tired, I don't really want to, I don't really want to, you know, plant this today. Well, guess what? When harvest times come, you're going to be hungry. You're going to be, you know, in poverty, <laughs> You need to plant so you can harvest. So maybe it's even just over your property. You're taking care of it, whatever it is. Where everybody in here is a leader over something. So, so if you're called to lead your household, all of these different places, um, stewarding things, maybe it's ministry, maybe you're deacons, children's church, maybe you're leading prayer, maybe you're pastoring, maybe you're evangelizing. If you go out and you tell people about Jesus, you're an evangelist. There you go. <laughs> you're evangelizing. Um, but... We have too many titles and not enough people coming out of the caves. Mm. I know I'm just called, like, God just called me, you know, to just be a light, to just, you know, to be, he called me to, to be, have a healing ministry, to be, to have, you know, faith ministry, to preach the word. Well, how come you never talk to anybody? How come you never out of your house? I'm a pastor. You know what that means? You've got to take care of a bunch of crazy people who are working it out. And you've got to love them when they hate you, when they're rude to you, when they lie about you, when they slander you. Well, I'm a deacon. Well, you know what? So if you're thinking, I want to be a deacon, you know, there's a lot of people that, there's churches all over, they're like, let's make them a deacon so that they feel important. You know what a deacon does? These guys, I don't know, the other ones are working or whatever, but our deacons, it's a lot to become a deacon, isn't it? You had to live with us for six months. Both, both of our deacons have lived with us for a season. You know, they've got to, you know, it's hard because it says, you know what? 
whatever the church needs, you got to do. So if I text you in the middle of the night, what, there's times I'm like, hey, I need you to do this. I need, doesn't matter. Like, you got to be about the church. you got to take care of the people. You don't just want that title because it sounds cool. It's not very cool, is it? When I'm like, hey, I forgot this. Can you do this and this and this and this and this and this? And I forgot to ask you about this and 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 this. I mean, it's true. It's true. It's good. It's good. You know what? Because your heart is right and you serve the Lord, so you don't feel, it doesn't feel the pressure. If you just put a title on there, the pressure will crush you. It will crush you. There's people that give birth and have children, but they're not really mothers and fathers. Right? So titles really don't mean anything. They usually actually cause chaos if they are just placed out of obligation or we think we should, but if they're there because God has called you, you see something happen. We saw something happen with Elijah. He's a prophet of God. You saw him do things that prophets of God do. So let's get away from the titles and come out of the cave and say, okay, God, you've called me to this. What do I do now? Because if you want to give the shots, if you want to be in charge, if you want to lead, you've got to realize you're going to take shots. I want to be in charge, do you? Because you know what? The more in charge, the more you lead, the more hated, the more... Guess what? The whole world at that time was after Elijah. <laughs> what? Basically, they didn't like him. The, I would say the area of power, they were all after him, basically. If I'm leading, it's like, oh, this feels so good. But then everybody, if like, all, you guys are so great. But if everyone came here, like, well, let's just come to hate on her. Like, that wouldn't be very fun. That's kind of like what Elijah was doing. I mean, I have had that. People are like, oh, no, a woman speaking. I hate that. I'm like, there's the door. You know what? Take your demons with you as you go. Um, <laughs> I'm getting fired today because you know what? I'm going to follow the word of God. I'm not following all this religious junk. I'm going to do what God's word says to do. Okay, so I'm hoping, I'm like, Lord, let me be like Elijah. I don't want to be in the cave. And just make sure you're walking where God says to walk, because the moment you step outside of there, then it gets, it gets scary. But you know what? We've got to realize if I want to be in charge of my household, you don't just say, you need to respect my, my position, my authority, my, all of these things. You don't need, I mean, if you have to do that, if at work, if you're like, I'm the manager, and you're going to do what I say, and you're going to come in early, and you're... That's not a good manager. I mean, it's probably a good manager. It's not a good leader. But if you want to call the shots and say, this is what we're doing, this is what we're doing, this is what God is saying here in this time, in this season, for this family, for this position, for this place, then you have to be willing to take the shots. And it may come from your family. It may come from employers. It may come from other believers. Jealousy is a real thing. It's sad. But it is. I'll tell you what, could go to a church of 500 people, but if they're all sitting in a cave, I don't want to lead that. I want to lead a church like this where, you know what, we don't have any caves. It's hard to find a cave. If you're in a cave, we're coming to get you. We're getting you out. We see you. I'm just joking. I'm not dragging you out of caves yet. But too many people spend their lifetime in the caves. They're loving God. I guarantee the prophets are in there in the cave. They were, they were praising the Lord. They loved God. They were hearing from God, right? It doesn't say that they were false prophets. It doesn't say they were rebellious. It doesn't say any of those things. But they spent too much time in the cave, and too many of us are spending that lifetime in the cave. Well, you know, I, I, don't, want my, I don't want my kids to be mad at me, so I don't say no. So you rather them go to hell than tell them the truth because they might not like you momentarily. That sounds like a good plan. We gotta get out of the caves. That means lead, if leadership, if you're the one giving directions, you gotta be able to take the criticism, you gotta be able to take the hate, the offense, all of that, because that's what happens when you lead. You get to call the shots because you are receiving them. Because that's what Jesus did. And if we are followers of Christ, Jesus gets to call all of the shots because he took them all on the cross. And if we are following him, then we're in that same boat. I mean, don't make, don't, 
don't make yourself it. Don't be a martyr about it. Does that make sense? Like, don't be like, I hope people hate me. No, I want people to still like me. I try to make you guys like me, you know. I shower. It's like, okay, I don't want to, you know. But, but I'm not like, oh, this person doesn't like me. i got to change who I am. No, I'm going to be who Jesus says I am whether you like me or not. And that's how each of us should be. should be for our households, all of those things. But you're going to take some of that. People can only follow where you go. That's why it's followers. Jesus had followers. Because wherever Jesus went, what did they do? They followed. So if you're following Christ, people are following you as you follow Christ. If you're not following Christ and you're, and you're leading, they're also not following Christ. So if it's in your home, at work, and I don't mean you need to preach the gospel at work, but you need to be on time, you need to be honorable, you need to speak you know, kindly, you need to be respectful, you need to show honor to anybody in position higher than you, you know what I mean? You need to speak up for those who are weak and, and cannot or, or do not have the ability, you need to stand in the gap, right? If there's abuse going on, you don't just allow it because, oh well, the leaders like to abuse. No, 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 you stand up and say, I'm sorry, we don't, you know, we don't do abuse here. What are you going to do about it? How would you like to fix it? Would you like me to fix it? You're going to fix it? What's going to happen? But it's going to get fixed. We, we don't allow that here. And sometimes God moves you on from a position because you know what? I, I had a position one time and God spoke to me and he said, quit your job right now because your authority has superseded your position. And I quit my job and we had no money, and, but God came through and he took care of us. But God said, don't wait. He said, now. You're done. Today. That's it. You're done. I was like, but I have like PTO time. And God's like, you're done. I was like, okay. And then he lost his job. And that was great time to learn how to apply our faith. Great season of faith. But we're still here. So in that, we need to think in my family. So I just want you to think in your own mind. Where am I a leader? It might be multiple places, and it probably is. The likelihood of it being multiple spots that you lead is very likely. So I just want you to think, so put this for your, wherever you're leading or wherever you feel God has called you, because maybe you're not walking in that yet. Maybe God's like, I've actually called you to be deacons, or I've called you to be evangelists, or I've called you to be teachers, or whatever it is, and God is growing your character to there. So it's like, okay, what does that look like? So even if it's something maybe you're not moving in it right now, but God's called you to it, how do I position myself? How do I posture myself so that I can move in that? So I'm asking you, can you really lay down your life for others in that situation? Moms, we know when we cook something, we will always take the smallest piece of meat. We will take, you know, like the burnt thing. We're like, that's fine. I like burnt toast. No, I don't like burnt toast, but my kids and my husband, no one's going without right? Moms, we really know that. We need to do that in every area of our life. You know, we don't push through and say, get out of my way, kids. Moms, eat first. <laughs> Guys can eat whatever's left over. No, we got to get the food and get the kids and cut it up. And Matt did this yesterday. We had Jared and Kaylee's kids over, and I was like, you want a chicken patty? And he's like, yeah. Do you want it whole? Yeah, but then his sister had hers cut up with a special magic little fork, and then he looked at his, and he's like, no. <laughs> and I was like, Matt, you got to get in here. So he gave it back to Matt, and he's like, you want it cut up? Yeah, so Matt's sandwich was probably cold by the time he served all of us. He had to cut it up. He had to go find another special little fork. And this kid, no, this kid is reclining on the couch like this with his plate <laughs> watching movies and he's just like no no after he asked for that see and see when you're when you're a leader you're like you know what I take care of I provide for seriously that was hilarious I mean he knows his authority too because he's like I know you want to serve me but really can you lay down your life and that's a fun, silly, food is a funny area that you can say, you know, I put others first. I did that. But there's, there's, think about, can I really lay down my life? You know, we need a lot less cave dwellers for the kingdom. Instead of saying, you know, like, I'm a warrior for Christ, we're like, I'm a cave dweller for Christ. That's what we do. <laughs> I stay in there. 
I love Jesus. He loves me. I get to go to heaven, and it's good for me. And Elijah, he did the opposite. He said, you know, God loves me. I love him. God loves everybody else, and I want everybody there with me. There's people I don't have a relationship for with, really, my whole life. My dad was one of them. He recently gave his life to Lord John. If you weren't here, oh, maybe you weren't, you weren't here. Actually, okay, so my dad didn't know the Lord. He'd been going to church his whole life. Do you know church does not equal salvation? And, you know, I never really had a relationship. I had a relationship out of honor. And God told me, offer John up. And I thought, well, I know John enough. He's in the kingdom. I know that. So I just said, hey, Dad, can John come over? And my dad said, yes, he can. And John led him to the Lord. And it's like we have to say, do I stay in the cave? Because, you know, I just can't really do this. Or my dad can't receive from me. Or, you know, we never had a good relationship, so I don't care what happens to him. But instead, God's like, go after everyone. When you see it in your position of authority or, or leadership, you know, you have to see him as, as Christ sees him. And so he's in the kingdom, praise God, that's good. But we have to look at it like that. Who would I do? Think about what would happen in your home if you looked like Elijah. You wouldn't have to be praying all the time for your kids to come back to know God because your kids would never leave if Elijah was in your home. And said, we're like, whatever you want, honey. No, no, I'm sorry. As for me and my house, who serve the Lord. You want to be in that kingdom, you get outside. Get outside my property. Some of y'all even know things aren't even allowed on my property. I don't care. Guess what? Smoking isn't allowed on my property for me. So, like, if, even if you're of age, you want to smoke, you can go to the road. I don't care because I'm not allowing that because I know that that's an easy thing to have an addiction. And, you know, addiction leads to sin, and I'm not going to have that. But do you see if you became Elijah and said, oh, I'm sorry, you can do whatever you want. You're welcome to, just not in my house. We serve the Lord. So you come in here, you're coming into the presence, and you know what? If you want to bring anything that isn't of God, don't worry. We'll take care of that before you leave. Um, that's how our household should be, right? What, if, what would that look like? Because when you go to work, that will come with you. Every single person in here, listen to this, okay? This is, some of you are not, have your own household yet. Some of you are still young. Your first ministry is your family, Amen. is your household over everything. If you do that, this is so important. If you, you do your first ministry well, every single thing that God calls you to will prosper. Why do we have pastors and stuff falling and cheating on their spouse and their kids don't serve the Lord? Because they put their family on the altar instead of saying, this is my first ministry. They sacrificed their family to serve God. He didn't ask you to sacrifice. He sent his son Jesus to sacrifice. You are not the sacrifice. Your children are not the sacrifice. Your job, your time, none of that is a sacrifice. Jesus was the sacrifice. Now it's your job that your household, your place where all of those things, your first ministry... That's ministry, which means you are supposed to be reconciling people to Christ in everything we do. So there should be no sacrifice. You shouldn't be up here preaching or you shouldn't be out talking about Jesus and your household be chaos. Take care of your first household and that will naturally happen. It will naturally flow everywhere you go. I feel that's really important because we've got that backwards for years, for generations. That is a lie the enemy's told you. Get up there, you know, give everything. We already gave everything, but we didn't have to be the sacrifice. We didn't have to. Jesus was, so now we take all the tools, all the things he gave us, everything he did for us, and we minister to our family, to people that we come in contact with all the time, and then it works. I'm not saying nothing hard's going to happen. Don't be like, well, she said nothing hard, now a bad happened, and now I hate God because she said, I'm over that junk. I'm over that spirit of offense. It's not allowed here. So if you like the spirit of offense, you're going to have to find the door because it, we're not doing that. I told, like, what did, what did I say? I said this is a sassy series that we're doing. <laughs> We've got some sass. 
But you think, where would you be if you changed that ministry in your household? Where would you be in your job? Where would you be in your church, in your community? You know, where would your kids be, your grandkids? You know, things like that. It's like, I can't even imagine if we hadn't done that, because I'm thinking, sometimes I was like, why is Layla not in Levi? Why haven't I seen him for two days? <laughs> they're married. And God's like, they're married. They're not your family. They're extended family now. They're their own family. I'm like, but I want to see you. <laughs> you know, and God's like, so dramatic. Um, I'm pretty sure God calls me a drama queen sometimes. I'm like, you made me, Lord. <laughs> but, you know, because put your family first and it adds to we were talking was it was it me and you that we were talking and we're like we don't I said you guys don't really have any you never got to have friends I said because you because our family was is that we serve first and when you serve first you speak the truth you live the truth and those who want to stay in the cave don't like that so all of your friends are mostly older like you guys are my kids friends they didn't know, really, what friends were. And I said, who's your best friend? They're like, we are. Like, this is our friends. My mom, okay, were you homeschooled? <laughs> That's what Lana, they're like, my mom and Jordan are my best friends. Don't tell it, say that out loud to people. It sounds weird. <laughs> I mean, they don't know how awesome of a mom she has, so... I mean, I will do the crazy things. Donis did the crazy thing. Where are you at, Donis? Oh, she got up. Riding roller coasters, doing those type of things, like, you know, going on the beach, doing all the fun stuff. But I don't know where we were. We were talking about what it would look like. And some of you guys are like, I'm living that. I am living that Elijah thing. I train my children up. My children love the Lord. They serve the Lord. They, they minister. Like, I'm living that. That's so good. Keep doing it. And then you come along those who are like, I don't know how to do that. Like, I'm coming out of the cave, but I haven't seen light for a while, and it's scary. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, and you say, you know, it's not scary here. Let me help you. Let me help you. Say no to evil things. Say no. Say, I don't think so, not today, Satan, and you say yes to God. <laughs> okay. Well, how do I know what's good and what's evil? He has this thing called the Bible. Yeah. <laughs> it's got a lot of information in there. You need to apply it to your life. Listen to it. If you're like, I don't, I'm not a great reader, that's fine. We have technology. Yeah. It will read to you sometimes during church. <laughs> Can never have too much of the word. I'm just teasing you, John. Don't give me that look. Don't get offended. I'm sorry. <laughs> He's not. I don't, what are we talking about? I think we're talking about atmospheres and all sorts of things. So we need less cave dwellers. So many of you guys right here are called to lead in so many ways. Some of you guys have things in your heart, and you're just even scared to say them out. Zach, can I call you out for a second? I promise, it won't be mean. <laughs> but last week I was talking to him, and I said, you know, you made a decision, Zach. You asked the Lord, you know, and I thought he would go and ask the Lord. And he said, he said I already asked the Lord, and I know. And I thought, that's good. Right there, he's called the lead, and he said, you know, I don't need to think about it or hear what anyone else has say. I know I heard from the Lord. And I thought, go. And you did. And God's going to bless that, you know. Um, and I think about that. We're called to lead in, in many different ways. But when someone talks about us or hurts us or disagrees with us or they don't like what we say, or we don't want them to be offended, um, we begin to kind of creep back in that, crave, that cave. And you know what happens then? People perish because there's more evil in the atmosphere than good. If you're the lifeline and you pull the rope back, what are people supposed to do? We got to lead with the goodness and righteousness of Christ. You got to do it God's way, though. You got to do it God's way, not the world's way. That means we can't use manipulation. We can't buy people. We can't use false flattery to get somewhere or force. We can't do any of that. In Proverbs 29, 4, it says, By justice a king gives a country stability, 
but those who are greedy for bribes tear it down. You can't build a kingdom on lies and bribery and manipulation. I just keep thinking, what would our place of employment, what would our homes, what would our properties, what would our families look like when we change those atmospheres? And said, oh, I'm sorry, there's no admittance for evil here. You can't come in. Door's locked, can't come in. If we actually said we'll bring stability, stability. How many of you guys like to have stability in your homes? Women, we know. That is one of the needs. We need domestic support, don't we? We need to be like, I know that my kids are going to be fed. I need to know there's a roof over my house. There's, there's financial stability. I need to know, you know what, your kids need to see. And dads, Matt talked about this. He's like, your kids need to see you worshiping the Lord. If you're like, oh, I don't know why my kids don't know how to worship. How many times have you worshiped? Or are you like, I'm not going to do that. What if someone's looking at me? Well, God's looking at you all the time. And he says, give to me. Give glory and honor to me. You want stability? You better do it by justice. The word of the Lord. And I understand it's scary. It is scary, especially if you've, if you're in the, a lot of us, we go into places of work and school and all these places, and it feels like Jezebel and Ahab and all of the prophets of Baal, right? It feels like I'm going in there and, and they're all looking at me and they're all against me. Sometimes it feels like that. So maybe in your own household, be the first one to get saved and see how that feels. That's hard. You're thinking, did I really want to do this? Because it comes for you. When I first got saved, I was the first one in my family, and everybody hated me, and they still do, most of them, because I love Jesus and go to church. That's their complaint against me, because I talk about Jesus, and I go to church. How terrible am I? But do you see, it's going to be scary. That's why sometimes we don't step into our calling. Sometimes it's easier just to come and just say, oh, this, this chair right here, it's for me. I like to hear what God's doing. I like to, to just soak it in, which is great. Those are not bad things. But when are we going to step into our calling and say, I'm not going to let this little offense or oh, I just didn't like this. I didn't like that song we sang today, so I'm going to leave the church. <laughs> How do you know God likes any of them? <laughs> We're not God. You know, if the heart behind it, you can sing any song you want. If the heart behind it is icky and ugly, God's not going to think that is a good offering to him, is he? There's times God has given me pieces of songs that we would call secular songs, and God's like, sing that over me. There was this one I had a dream, and and, um, I'm not going to tell you the whole dream because it's pretty intense, but um, we're praying, and all of a sudden God said, sing the verse tell me we belong together. That's a secular song. And God's like, sing it, sing it louder. And I was like, singing it. I'm in a bathtub singing it, which is kind of cool. But things like that is we got to step into that calling. We got to say, you know, it doesn't matter what I thought of this or things like that. Like, first, Lord, let me get my heart right. Because if if you're wondering if God is wrong or you're wrong, it's always you. I don't know if I believe in healing. You're wrong, because God says he does. I don't know if I believe in women leading and speaking. Well, you're wrong, because God says he does. Well, I don't believe in that you shouldn't have premarital sex. Well, God says you shouldn't, and so you're wrong. Um, I, I don't believe that, you know, you should have to go to church every day. Well, God says you should, or every, every week that you should assemble. Well, God says you should, so you're wrong. Well, I don't like that you said that. I don't care, because you're wrong, because I'm siding with God, and he's always right. You want to be, if you're like, I like to be right all the time. How many of you guys like to be right? I like being right. I'm not, y'all liars. You got, we like it when we're right, right? When we know something, we like it. I like to be right. I don't like to be, I hope I, this, I, hope I get this wrong and just mess it up. No, we like to be right. So you want to be right? You want to get that feeling, that dopamine that's like, ha ha, I knew that. All you got to do is know the word of God. You side with God. You're always right. People don't, I don't agree with that. It doesn't matter. God does. Me and God, we're the majority, always. As long as I have God with me, you will always be the majority. It doesn't matter if there's thousands, ten thousands against you. If you, it is just you and God, you are the majority. Do you understand that? If it's you and God, you are the majority. 
You walk into your workplace like, none of these people are believers. It doesn't matter. You and God are the majority. Walk in with boldness. Guess what? I got to see things. I got to show people cast out demons at work. I've got to um, bring healing at work. I've got to lay hands on and pray. Things that be, God be like, people be like, oh, you can't do that at work. Oh, I didn't know. I wasn't asking you. I was asking God. God said do it, so I did it. And God protected me. God protected me. I didn't just go do it and be like, I'm going to do this. God's like, go do that. And I'm like, but you know I'm at work. God's like, like I didn't know that. I'm always with you. But I understand it's scary. It's hard when you're coming in and everyone's like, you're like, ah, there's the 450 staring at me. Jezebel's got her eye right on me. It's scary. It's hard. But I'll tell you what. I've had spells cast on me. I had someone steal my cat and cut the whiskers off and cast a spell on my property. But you know what? God transcended that cat and showed back up. And I thought... You're hilarious because you know what? Me and God are the majority. I've had demonic attacks both physically and spiritually. I've been gossiped about, hated, been rejected, been refused, been called a heretic, been on the end of the anger and jealousy. Why? Because I'm not running to the cave. And I don't, you know what? There's been a lot more people. We've been here a long time and there's people come and go. But you know, if you want to go in the cave, you're also not going to get the blessing. You're not going to get, you're not going to get the honor. You're not going to get all of those things that God's like, I have in my kingdom. I understand it's hard. That doesn't feel good. I didn't like any of those things when they happened to me. I wasn't like, oh, yes, this feels so good because I know I'm serving the Lord. No, it was terrible. I'm like, God, please don't let me go through this. And he's like, I didn't ask you. Can you just keep going forward? And I'm like, okay. And he's like, and people are hating, gossiping, and, and jealousy, and all of these attacks. And God's like, it doesn't matter. Stay with me. Don't run back to the cave because someone said something bad about you. Someone said, I'm going to hurt you. You better not speak about Jesus or I'm, bye. I'm going to speak louder. I'm going to make sure coals are going on your head. We're going to talk about Jesus. We're going to live Jesus. Our family's going to serve Jesus. And I don't care when I come in there. You know what? I can't pray out loud at work. That's fine. I will pray quietly. I will lay hands on every piece of thing that I touch in here. I clean houses for a living. These people are so blessed because you know what? The Spirit of the Lord is released in their house the entire time I'm in there because I am playing the Word. It's released. I'm praying over things. You know what I do? Instead of being like, oh, this is their second home and it's $2 million and I'm here scrubbing their toilets, I'm like, Lord, bless them. Add to their, their household. Bless them more. Bless them financially. Bless their family. Make it generational for them. Why? You think, well, they already have enough. No. Why would I want? Don't tear people down. You know what? Because then when they see me and I'm blessing them and I'm speaking, sometimes I'll even stop, pick flowers, bring them to people that, you know, oh, I just saw these on the side of the road and thought I'd pick them for you. You know, because I want to add to. That's what we get to do in the kingdom. So don't worry about if people are jealous or angry or things like that. That's going to happen. If you're serving the Lord, it's going to happen. It happened to Jesus, and we know if it happened to him and we're following him, it's probably going to happen to us. But we have the truth of eternal life. It doesn't matter what happens in between. We have eternity in the kingdom with Jesus. But you can't run to the cave. That is, I'm not going to run to the cave. I'm believing God. I'm not going to let that Jezebel and Ahab spirit run rampant in my home or my place of work or my property or my church. If you go to church here and someone come up here being all crazy, saying stuff, or think they're going to manifest, guess what? Deal with it. Oh, I'm sorry, we don't talk like that. You know what? We're not going to act like that. We don't do that here. Right? If someone comes up to you and they gossip and they say, can you believe Sarah said that? We hate her, don't we? Say, no, she's awesome. Have you seen her? She's great. <laughs> Matt, too, but I'm preaching right now. I'm serious. <laughs> I can't. This is my husband. I'm embarrassing him right now. I can tell it. God made me this way. Hey, you sent me a meme and it said the best marriages are with one calm person and one drama, dramatic person. So that is why we have such a good marriage. If we were both calm, we'd be in the cave. <laughs> but we're out of the cave because even when you want to rest and be in the cave, I'm like, come on, let's do something fun. 
Yeah, you're never passive. That is one thing. I'm just, I'm just trying to make a joke. That's what I got to deal with, guys. He doesn't think I'm funny, but I'm glad you guys do. That's why. That's the only reason I preach. That's the only reason I do church is because you know I want laughs from you guys. <laughs> Not true, but we got to make that room for God. Yeah, it's for Jesus. I'm just joking. That was a joke. So if you're like, I can't, I don't like it. She said that in church. I don't care. Um, you can go take it up with the Lord, and He'll tell you to have a forgiving heart, be repentant. You know, that's what He says. So, but we got to make room for God. If you're like, well, my family doesn't serve the Lord. It just doesn't seem like God moves here. Did you make any room for him? Did you make any room for him in your week? Or is it like, well, we do sports every single week, but, you know, we can't give God one hour, you know. Oh, we can't, we can't, we got to watch, you know, TikToks for an hour before we go to bed. We can't listen or read the word of God for an hour. And then we're like, God, where are you? He's like, I keep trying to find a spot that's open in your, your schedule, your agenda, but there is no room. you got so many TikToks there, I can't even squeeze in. Just speaking from experience. <laughs> but we got to make room. we got to make place. we got to make time. You know, and, I, and I'm going to be honest with you guys. I'm going to finish here soon. But it's going to cost you everything. It's going to cost a lot going to cost you friendships. If, you haven't, if, you, if you're in the kingdom and you have not yet lost friendships, assess how you're living. You will lose friendships. You will lose family members. You will. If you are living for Christ, you will. You'll probably lose jobs, finances at times, health. You think the enemy wants you healthy if you're preaching the kingdom? No, he doesn't. It's going to cost you. You guys are like, oh, okay, like, why is she doing this? Like, she's telling us to come out of the cave so that we can lose friends, families, jobs, finances, and our health, possibly. I'll get there, okay? So it doesn't sound good. Why would anyone want to come out of the cave? That's what those hundred prophets were like. We're seeing what's happening to you, Elijah. No, thank you. No, thank you. We're going to stay here. We're going to love God. We're going to look pretty. You know what I mean? But in 1 Peter 5, 2, it says this. Be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. Some of you guys have households or, or work or different places that you are shepherding people. Shepherding means to care, protect, and provide for people. That's what a shepherd does, feed them. So you might not be up here on a Sunday, but you're doing that in some area of your life. So be shepherds of God's flock that is under your care. Watch over them, not because you must but because you are willing. As God wants you to be not pursuing dishonest gain, but eager to serve. i got to stop for a second. If you're dealing with depression, serve. Find a place to serve without wanting anything in return. It will literally lift. That is literally how you lift depression. you're dealing with that you serve that means give to others I don't know what that's for but that is I have seen so many people that have tried medicine have tried things for for years and I say serve if you serve in the kingdom and you give the first will be last you will actually receive healing from that I've experienced that I've seen so many people I've walked through that that when I said if you serve and put others first it will lift it will be gone so if that was for you receive it right now and find a way to serve let's keep going with the word so not lording it over those entrusted to you. Don't tell them you're in charge. Be in charge. But being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, that's Jesus, you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Right there. That is why you will come out of the cave. That is why you're willing to say, if my family, if friends, if my job, whatever, is against me, why would I still serve the Lord? Why would I do this? Why would I risk everything? Why would I go through those things? Why would I be hated and called a heretic? And why would I do that right there? Because you will receive the crown of glory that will never fade away. Y'all remember like when it's your birthday and it's everyone's singing to you when you're a kid and it's a big party and it's all about you and you have everything you need and cake. I mean, 
right there, they say in that crown, that, that party that, that will never fade away. You will never have pain and sorrow and, and unforgiveness, anything like that. You're never going to have that again because we will be with, he's saying, you live for me on this earth. You serve. You do these things. Yeah, bad things are going to happen. Good things are going to happen too. But what you're going to get, you're going to receive that crown of glory that will never fade away. Do we understand that? Taking a day and saying, well, I don't want to do this, and I want to do it this way, and I want to do it this way. Is that moment, that day, or that season worth a crown of eternal glory? Is it worth that? See, we don't think about that, do we? We think, I want my needs met right now. I want it my way, and I want to do it the way I want to do it, and I don't want anyone not to like me. I hope there's people that don't like me. I don't want evil people to like me. I've said that a lot of times. Why do we want evil people? And I'm not saying people are not, God loves everybody. He wants everybody to hate. But there are people that have partnered with evil. They have chosen that they don't want to serve God. They want to reject God. So if you reject God, that's evil. There's no in-between. There is no in-between. There isn't. There's people that haven't heard yet, but it's still on the evil. If you don't serve God, it's still not of God. There's no in-between. You either serve God or you don't. So that's what you receive because it costs you everything, but in return, you receive everything. God says you get blessing on this earth. We've had blessing. We've had health. We've had all of these amazing things, provision and eternity, and in eternity. So you get re receive blessing and eternity because staying in the cave destroys nations, but it starts with the downfall of your, downfall of your family. If you're in the cave, that's affecting your family first. Whoever's the closest to you, that's the first people that you are saying, this generation will not serve the Lord. They will learn. They will learn to not serve the Lord because you're like, well, I go to church and I do this, but, you know, I don't want to make that a requirement of my children. That's great. Your children are probably going to not serve the Lord, and then they're going to teach their children not to. So now you've condemned generations in your line to not serve the Lord because you won't say, I'm sorry, we're not doing this in our house anymore. I've got to make some changes. I repent. I'm sorry I did this. Repent to your children, repent to your spouse, repent to anybody that you need to to get you back out and say, we're getting out of the cave. Right. I don't care if I have to go along the edge and i got to work my way out of there in the dark. I'm getting out. Amen. Your family needs you, but that is the first area. You do it because God has called you, because you were designed for it. You were designed to live like Elijah, not in the cave. God took care of them because he loves them. God continually wants his kingdom built because those who don't serve him, he wants them to know him, right? You were designed to lead, to rule and reign with Christ. He gave us his spirit. Like he said, you get to rule and reign with me. You get to have the reconciliation, the ministry of reconciliation. I'm giving that to you so you can give it to other people. He's like, everything I did, I'm giving to you. You were designed for that. You were not designed to be selfish. You were not designed to build your own castle, to build your own kingdom. You were not designed to, be, to put success on the altar. You were not designed to be the best mom or the best dad. You were designed to serve Christ and all of those things will be added to you. That's what you were designed for. That's why you do it. Be the reason. Be the reason generations serve the Lord. Start somewhere. It's not about you. All right, let's get out of the cave. Let's pray.